0: Hello and welcome to another episode of an Irishman running abroad with me, Jarlith Regan, and of course, Irish running legend, Sonia O'Sullivan, freshly released from her quarantine hotel. But for, Before we get into that and find out what that feels like, Sonia, today's episode is about food, something that y- I know you've been working on a lot the last two weeks, and to say that most people's food intake is haphazard is an understatement, and I am guilty of everything. Mindless, eating, starving, gorging, eating the same thing too often, too much before I run, too much after I run, buying foods because they used the word protein on the label. It's not that I don't buy healthy food. It's just that a lot of the time, the way I consume fruit and veg is I buy loads and loads of it, I wait for it to go rotten, and then I put it in the bin. (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> bit, honestly, Sonia, I've been really open about this in the last while, especially on our Men Behaving Better podcast. Uh, I did an episode with Peter Stringer and I've huge anxiety around. I think a lot of people, a lot of guys as well do. I'm often overloaded with help. So I thought, who better than you? Because honestly, the feedback that we get on this podcast is that people love your no nonsense approach to everything. Can you, my first question is, can you strip away the nonsense around this and give us kind of the key things that make a good food plan?
1: I can try to anyway. I can tell you everything, I suppose, that I've learned down through the years. And, you know, it it does take time and practice and you just kind of work things out for yourself, I think. And um, like I would never have considered myself to be a fussy eater, I would have thought, you know, I would eat anything. But you can become a fussy particular eater. Like, it's not that you don't eat things, but you want to eat particular things, if that makes sense, that you're, you know, I mean, I, you know, I eat plenty, but it would have to be the right stuff. And if it's not the right stuff, then I won't eat it. Like, you know, and that would particularly come down to things like airplane food. I'd be very fussy about that. And so, if it's something that I don't normally eat, then I'm not going to eat it just because there's nothing else to eat. And I think it, through practice, I would rather be hungry than to eat something I don't want to have or I don't believe is. Good <laughs> I wish for me. I had that problem. And, and that doesn't mean to say I don't eat.
0: <laughs> I mean, it sounds like it you're... doesn't mean
1: to say that I don't eat things that. Yeah people would consider bad for you, <laughs> you
0: know, okay. I,
1: I just kind of weigh things up. And um, I suppose I have a bit of a sliding scale. And if I eat, like, I suppose, not the most healthy foods, they'd probably be still pretty good quality, not healthy foods. <laughs> so,
0: you know, as as, as as much as you say that, like, that's, you know, you're being self deprecating about your mindset there, it, it's it's a pretty solid mindset that I would give anything to have, you know, strict enough rules for myself. But I find that uh, I'm a little out of control on it and that I'm either all in one side and, you know, uh, telling myself I'm doing an intermittent fast now or I'm in all another direction where I'm like today's a rest day I've got to refuel. <laughs> I tell myself all these things that are completely conflicting whereas I I really think that that simplicity of thought that you have there that like I have the things that I eat and I try to keep things as close to those categories as possible is much much more conducive to what we're trying to do here. But for for somebody like me right who's A runner's world reader picks up many a podcast that claims to be able to tell you how to approach your nutrition has shelves full of these books. What do you say to me to start with?
1: Well, I suppose the most important thing really is to keep it as simple as possible and you don't want to be overcomplicating things. And, you know, there's so many packaged items out there these days and processed items and that's even you know the I suppose high energy stuff that is promoted to be you know I suppose sold to athletes and people who are out there training they think oh I need to refuel I need to re-energize but you can do it so simple and you know I mean fruit and vegetables is the kind of basis of everything and I think you have to take care of that before anything else. And, you know, so that's what I would always be looking for when I'm traveling is to, you know, I always think, well, if you're traveling or if you're in a compromised situation where your normal kind of activity is much less than it normally would be, then you don't need to eat as much. So straight away, you can not worry too much about how much food you're getting and just make sure that you're getting some good foods. And so, like, if I go on the airplane I'll organise especially those long haul flights to have a, a fruit platter. So when certain times in the plane, they you just get fruit, nothing else. And <laughs> I mean some people be hung now now one, one thing I do need to remember when I do this is I need to check the time of the flight because sometimes I forget if the flight is early in the day, then you haven't had your normal run of meals so you actually can be under fueled if you do that and you can you can get hungry and then you start you know you're going around the plane playing, looking for stuff but so what I in order to have you kind of have this thing in my head I say okay well you eat on the ground and the only reason you're eating in the sky is because you're thirsty so you need some fruit and water because that's you just need to keep yourself hydrated the whole time and then you eat again when you're back on the ground and it just seems to work better if you eat more on the ground than in
0: the plane. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it, I, it, doesn't, I wish... it, like
1: it, it doesn't taste taste good up there anyway. So, yeah, it's awful you know, there's sharp. no point. Yeah, no,
0: it's the worst. Yep. I, I mean, I, I would agree that, like, I try never to let that stuff cross my lips just because that, I don't think anybody ever has reported <laughs> A good experience of a meal in the sky. You don't go on TripAdvisor and look up, well, where can I get a good meal in the air? It's never going to be good. So I think a few years ago I took the same approach of I'm just not going to touch that stuff, but again, for a lot of people, they're going, God, I wish I could get on a plane to try the food because a lot of people are looking at a Christmas away from their, their families. So that kind of is, you know, one corner of this. But it does it does kind of speak to how stringent and simple your rules are. The simple rule there is I don't eat when I'm in the sky.
1: Yeah. Oh. And then things like I mean, the same thing would go for when you're you know, when you're running and you're in your normal weekly routine and you know what time you're going to go for a run. So then you know what time you can eat. And generally I wouldn't eat too much before I go running if I'm running in the morning time because you don't really need to, you know, it's, it's more normally just a kind of a, I mean, I would always be up at least an hour before I go for a run and I would generally have a cup of tea or a cup of coffee and maybe a handful of dried cereal or something like that. And it's really just to kind of wake myself up in the morning and, you know, have a, glass of water and then but I would I'd be all set for a big breakfast when I come home and the key to that is to be prepared and to be organized so you have to have the stuff in you know you can't be coming home hungry after your run and you know you you look you don't know if, if you've actually got the good food in stock that you're going to be ready to eat and I mean you know, it was the perfect example of it was last week when I was in quarantine, and I had to kind of spread my day out a bit. So in the mornings, I just went up and I had a glass of hot water and lemon juice in the first thing in the morning, and then I went out exercising for a good few hours. <laughs> I was just spending time outside until, you know, I had enough, and I had to come back inside. And, you know, you just spread things out throughout the day. And it was quite a big ordeal to make a bit of a fruit salad and have some yogurt. And, you know, like there was a lot of packaged food coming in to the bags that we were getting in the morning. But I just made sure I had some stuff brought in. My sister lived close by and she brought some things in for me. And a number of people were ordering in from supermarkets and stuff. But, you know, I kind of felt like when I'm in this hotel room, I'm here for two weeks, you know, it's not going. It's not that pleasant, you know, sitting down here eating by myself anyway. So I might as well just have eno- just enough. You don't need too much. And so I start rationing things out a little bit. And it's a bit like what you do when you go on a training camp, particularly when we used to go up to Falls Creek and you generally bring all the food with you and you have it kind of planned out for each day, you know, that you have enough. It's like going camping as well, I suppose. You know, you you only carry what you need to bring and then you have to measure it out so it's not limitless like it is when you're at home and it's a good kind of lesson in discipline to do that I think because you know oftentimes it's just too easy for you to just you know go to the shop all the time and you know sometimes even if I'm at home I kind of think I'm not going to the shop here I'm just going to see what's in the cupboard here and see what I can do and make something nutritious and healthy and you know then take the time at home to instead of rushing around the place, you just use that time more beneficially rather than always thinking you have to go to the shop.
0: Yeah, I mean, we do just live in a world where it's so readily available and that occasionally reminding myself exactly what a hunter gatherer we used to be helps my mindset that, you know, the only reason you will gorge on sugar is because of that kind of ancient caveman brain of yours that if you found a bush with a load of berries on it you'd eat all the berries because you don't know when you're going to come across one of these bushes again but in the modern world there's berry bushes everywhere and they'll deliver berries to your house uh, and you can freeze some berries and it doesn't
1: matter it doesn't matter if they're in season or not (laughs) you can get what you
0: like And, and many of them are pumped full of all sorts of unknown stuff that really isn't great for you but i find so what do you you,
1: what do you have when you come straight back from a run mm. what do you what's the first thing you do
0: stretch right we've been through all this i do my stretches and then i get in the shower i i will often oh i've found and i've just been monitoring it since we decided to to kind of do a nutrition episode I really am bad at this because I will tend not to eat anything at all for quite some time after I come back and it was only after last week when we discussed the crankiness that I was like, oh, that's definitely what's happening there. Your body's crashing a little bit. So I would just have water for for the most right. part and then wait until the next meal to eat. But honestly, Sonia, you know, part of, part of me there is I know I've got weight to lose. And this has been a constant struggle for me throughout my life. And part of it is stand-up comedy. The job that I was in had so much fight-or-flight stress in it. And it's only now that we've had... God, I've done comedy properly for eight months that I realize exactly the level of stress that I was under. Podcasting is so peaceful compared to it. Like night after night, the judgment of an audience of drunks will spike all of your hormones that produce those fight or flight things. And I believe from what I've read, will encourage your body to store fat and, you know, or store whatever nutrition it can. So that's why it's very common to see comics with a little belly. I mean, part of that as well, of course, is that we're traveling and sitting in the car a lot and eating late at night. But I really do think that my biggest struggle, something you clearly don't struggle with is the emotion of eating. If I was stuck in a hotel like you were for the last two weeks, emotionally, I'd be salving the loneliness with some Oreos <laughs> or some Jaff <jack> cakes, <laughs> you know. I can't well, be- You I- know, I mean, I,
1: I could easily do stuff like that as well. But I think, and I think, as you get older, you get better at this, and you tend, to, well I tend to, you tend to be able to weigh things up a bit more. And I suppose the temptation level is less because you know how much harder. How much hard work it takes to burn off the energy of a chocolate bar than it does to eat it.
0: <laughs> so yeah, I wish that thought when, crossed my mind. But yeah, you're right. <laughs> I should and think I don't that. Think I, and I don't think
1: I, I don't think I consciously think like that. Like I'm not obsessed with not eating certain things. But I think it's just become ingrained in me that I just kind of, you know, will put things like that aside, and unless I'm absolutely desperate, then. You know, I don't need it. And I like, I, you know, the first night we arrived in a hotel and we had a little bag of snacks and there was nothing in there that I wanted. You know, it was crisps and a chocolate bar. And there was actually, there was a little tub of fruit in a pot, you know, which was okay. So I, yeah, I tolerate that. <laughs> but the rest of the stuff, I just put it in a bag and I said, I'll bring that home to my nephew. Now he'll like that. You know, you notice certain people like this stuff. So, you know, I won't throw it in the bin, but I'll I'll pass it on to someone who will appreciate
0: it a bit more. I guess it is a bit harder for you to relate to people like me. And I know that we talked about that. I think I talked to Peter Stringer about this, that, you know, Peter's a great man for giving the advice. But I think that he's come to giving the advice on strength training uh, later in life, because as elite athletes like you, It must be hard enough to relate to people like me who haven't, since they were 15, be pointed in one direction with a laser focus on that thing that, you know, that's your default setting. My default setting was, oh, mom, mom, (laughs) mom, give me the food. (laughs) That's nice. I'll eat that. I mean, there's a there's just a mindset shift that I'm trying to make since we started this show from August, like August 24th is when I think we really said let's go and kind of dialing my mind over as Rob Deering, the uh, comedian who makes that uh, running commentary podcast uh, that I recommend to people. he just said, just trying to get your brain to click into. OK, I am this old now. Those foods are generally aimed at children. you're a grown person now, start start eating in that manner. It's a tough one to do. And I think sometimes it's hard for you to relate to that, right?
1: Yeah, I think so. Yeah, because I suppose I've never gone down the kind of junk food track and like, I don't mind, I love to taste everything, but a taste is enough you know and I think if you have too much then you kind of realize no I don't really like that I've I don't need that and then you go back to your own methods and habits I suppose we all fall into habits and you know I suppose you can justify to yourself if if it's a habit and it's a positive eating habit that you feel benefits you or something that you're not happy about but you're unable to get yourself out of. And it's a bit of a conflict that people have, you know, that well, this is who I am and this is what I like, and then it's like, okay, but are you happy with that? And that's the decision people have to make. And I think, you know, for like my whole idea of, so I suppose, when you go for a run, you do exercise, you 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 feel like you're kind of cleansing yourself and you're cleaning yourself out. So then you just want to put, so you just want to put clean food back into your body. And so, you know, when I was in the hotel last week and like I love to go to the supermarket and to (laughs) markets and, you know, I, I just love being in control of, you know, my own food. And here I'm getting brown paper bags outside my door three times a day and I don't know what's coming in these bags. But I did kind of work out, you know, the best way to get the cleanest food was to go Vegan and vegetarian, and tell them I want fruit and vegetables and anything else. You know, I might eat it or I might not. But the more of this kind of unpackaged food that you can bring me, then the happier I'll be. And and I kind of got the message across because they used to bring these salads at lunchtime, and I was like, oh, I could eat those every day. And so then amazing. I was starting to get. it They were delivering them every day. <laughs> I was like, this is fantastic. And then you know, I would look forward to that, and you know, I was thinking. You know, I think it it got to the point where I had one of those different coloured salads every day and it was slight variation every day, but all good food. And if I had, you know, opened the door and it wasn't there, I would have been so disappointed. <laughs> and then, you know, everything else, you know, didn't matter because I had that one good meal a day that kept me happy. And, you know, I suppose the thing is we are all I suppose food is a social thing and it's a it's a thing that makes you content. And when you're really looking forward to something, you know, you don't want to be disappointed when, when you have no choice.
0: and uh, Absolutely. I mean, that, that was my biggest fear when I go back to Ireland is how much pressure comes with food and that like I've often done a juice cleanse prior to going back to Ireland because I know <laughs> I am going to have no option but to eat this food when I get back here. Or it'll be so rude that it's like, Jarlot's not eating his food. Oh, he's on some (laughs) mad diet again. And uh, (laughs) I'm not even, this is not an exaggeration. But some some of the time I feel like that social end of things is just you not being strong enough to go Oh, if I, if I actually eat a bit healthier, I can eat a lot more. I mean, if that, if that's the thing that you think it's about being social, they may be putting down some really sweet stuff in front of you. But if you just are eating, it's like that episode of uh, Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee where Larry David makes the point that him drinking green tea makes no difference because Jerry's like, you, sh- you should be drinking coffee. This is Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee. And he's like, I'm drinking something out of a cup. Who cares what it is? <laughs> and it's it's a fair point, right? But I, I do want to ask you um, about getting out of this quarantine hotel. Everyone listening to this has been following the journey of you coming back to Australia and being Andy Dufresne up in this hotel. What was it like when, you know, they set you free? Like, what was the process, first of all? And then how great did it feel to be walking out into Brisbane, a place where there hasn't been cases for God knows how long?
1: (laughs) Well, it was a bit strange, really, because um, in some ways it was a bit anticlimactic, because probably because it was five o'clock in the morning, (laughs) (laughs) so it was a bit quiet out there. But I came down, I had everything packed the night before and I had planned to, my sister was going to come meet me and take all my stuff. And then we were. I was going to meet up with a group of people to go for a cycle. And it was really weird because I'm <laughs> meeting up with people who I don't even really know who they are. I knew one fella, he's a friend of Gillian. And uh, he said, we have a group going cycling. And so I was just kind of, I suppose my mindset was I just wanted to get out and do something and so the policeman came and knocked on my door at just before five and brought all the stuff downstairs and then I just had to sign a piece of paper and that was it and then you're out into the street and you know you nearly expect like fireworks and (laughs) you know, a bit of excitement and it was nearly a bit of a letdown. You're kind of thinking, oh, that's it. It's... Yeah. But then, you know, I mean, that was early in the morning and we went off our cycle and it was great. And, you know, it, it turned out to be a pretty long day. Um, I ended up going out for, for lunch or brunch, which was amazing, you know, to kind of choose some food off a menu and sit down and enjoy it in a cafe. And, Then in the evening time, I had some of my relations. I had um, cousins and an aunt, you know, that live kind of within range of here. And they all came over to the house and we had a big, so it was a big family dinner. It was amazing, (laughs) you know, and it it was nearly like people
0: overload. Oh, there'll be people (laughs) listening to this now going, thanks, Sonia. That's brilliant to hear. I'm delighted for (laughs) you. Because as you know, like you can't mix households in England, there's some weird laws. I won't even go into what the guidelines are here. They just seem to make no sense to me whatsoever, even though it, everyone agrees that this is right and that this is justified. But, like, I couldn't believe when you told me that when you go into a supermarket, there nobody wears masks.
1: No, and that was a weird thing. I was in, we were in the city today, and, um, well, it was funny one of the things i wanted to do when i came out of the hotel because every we look over the balcony and you see these people on electric scooters mm. have you seen these yeah love them they're really cool want, so it's like, it's like the bikes <laughs> you know the bikes that you can rent yeah. you you pick them up and then you drop them off somewhere so these ones you get an app on your phone and, and electric scooter and they go like 25 kilometers an hour <laughs> so <gasps> and when you get on it first it feels like it's flying but then when you get used to it, you wanted to go a bit faster. <laughs> so we went off into the city on these scooters and then just kind of walking down the central mall of the city. And there's people everywhere. And there's nobody like, you know, you're, you're nearly walking into people. It was ridiculous. And every time you go to go into a shop, I go and put my hand in my pocket, you know, to get my mask. You know, it's kind of and you go in and you kind of it, it's nearly like you're missing your seatbelt when you're driving or something. You just kind of feel like there's something missing. And even I was in the supermarket there this evening. And it's amazing going into a supermarket after you haven't been in there for two weeks. (laughs) (laughs) It's like you're kind of like all of a sudden you can choose things. And uh, yeah, when I was going up to the till and, you know, there's somebody there to meet you. And they do have the, the dots on the floor still to keep everybody apart. So there is, you know, signs that there was... And you know they try to keep social distancing, and there's the hand sanitizer as you walk into the shops. But when you're going to check out, and you meet somebody working in the shop, all of a sudden you kind of go to touch your face and like, where's my mask? And it's just it's like as if I've got used to that. Mm. From being in Ireland all summer, I'm
0: so jealous. Um, I have to say, I, I'm so jealous. It's all, but it's, it's going to it change again
1: when I go, when I go to Melbourne next week. Though it's slightly different down there, and they're still wearing masks outside down there. So that will be, you know, or, <laughs> it's like I'm going back and forth, and you know, it's kind of playing games with my mind. All this stuff. Um, so I said, you, I'm just going to go running all the time. If you're if you're if you're being physically active, you don't have to wear a mask.
0: But currently, you still have to wear one walking around down well, there well wherever you are in the world next wednesday we will be doing our run in the dark for the mark pollock trust uh, run in the org is the place to register or as i always say on strava.com forward slash clubs forward slash irishman running abroad, join our running group. I mean, the positivity in this group is like it's the most positive place online I've ever been in my life. There are zero trolls and only encouragement and the club event is there. And you don't even have to pay, you know, you can just run it. I get that everybody's tight at the moment. So you have to pay to do the runinthedark.org, which you could just register to do our event, maybe kick in a fiver to the Mark Pollock Trust there. It's a really, really great event. And on runinthedark.org, there's loads of advice to overcome things like procrastination and things we're talking about today, like nutrition. Uh, Where are you going to run yours, Sonia?
1: Well, I... I expect I'll be in Melbourne more than likely. And um, yeah, I'll have to wait wait a while for it to get dark. So I could either get up really early in the morning or I'll just call it run in the night, you know? And so whatever I classify as nighttime and we in, the, the past few years, we have got a group together in Melbourne. So it'll be interesting if there will be even a kind of a virtual group doing that. So I'll touch base with a few people and see if we can do that. Um, because you can meet up now in groups of 10, I believe, if it might even be more next week. Because it's always nice, you know, if you have other people, I suppose, to link in with. And even even if they're not doing it in the same place, that they're doing it at the same time in the same city. So, yeah, I'll let you know that next Monday and hopefully I'll have connected with a few people and see if we can uh, get together and run in the dark um, for for the Run in the Dark event, which is an amazing event, really. It really is good fun. And it was always great how it connected Irish people in cities all around the world. And um, I know in Melbourne we always... Used to meet on South Bank, and um, I think it's PJ O'Brien's pub was the start and finish line. You know, it was <laughs> the pub was the start and the finish line. So it was always good fun. We left our gear there while we ran along the river. Um, so, um, yeah, no. And I think you're going to maybe do it at threshold pace, are you? We're not going, we're not chasing times next
0: week. We'll set you a, I definitely, kind of a steady uh, pace. Uh, if, if anybody's been following the progress, I know I, you, I'm, I, I'm a whore for the speed, Sonia. <laughs> I don't, uh, oh, I, I'm mad for <laughs> you mad for speed. I'm mad for speed. And, uh, I can see on
1: your 10k there <laughs> on the weekend now you're, uh, but you know, I think you're only, I think you're only scratching the surface there on the 10k. I think you haven't really, uh, you know. If you're if you're doing if you're doing that now on a normal run, I think, um, yeah, we, we'll get you down well under 50 minutes at some stage when we when we attack a 10k. Yeah, I'm excited um, because, about you know, it. The, yeah. the benchmark, I'm not sure if we spoke about this before, but um, I always think the benchmark for a 10k, I know this is way out there. <laughs> I'm not expecting it to be going anywhere near this yet, but the benchmark for 10k really for a normal runner would be under 40 minutes. And then, you know, you could then you take your age into consideration to um, you know, work out w- where you're at. And for me, you know, I always kinda of thought, Well, it's either under forty or faster than your age. Now, Gerard, okay. how
0: old are you? I oh, yeah. <laughs> I turned forty on the twenty <laughs> yeah, fourth Yeah. But like Sonny, when you say yeah, it, that will have frightened a few listeners now. Benchmark, like what do you mean benchmark? I mean who decides what a benchmark is and and why is it under forty?
1: Well, I think a decent time for 10k is under 40 minutes for for most people. I mean, for, you know, I suppose people who are in their 20s and 30s, they should be well able to run 30 something minutes. And then as you get older, it gets a little bit harder. Um, And for me now, I mean, I can under 50 minutes is no problem.
0: Yeah, you know,
1: well, so I'm happy enough. every you, year it gets a little bit easier
0: I mean, you're an incredible um, coach Sonia because I, I don't know how you manage to do it but by saying very little <laughs> you managed to make me feel like oh fuck I've got so much work to do um, without making me feel bad about no, myself and the that real, is an achievement
1: uh, the real the, no the real speed you're working on now is the 5k at the moment and uh, we, we, we'll, we'll pick another one of those out in a few weeks I think maybe on my birthday there might be a big 5k coming up
0: Oh really? Um,
1: there was a few, a few rumblings of one in um, in Melbourne on the twenty eighth. So we might we might rope you into that Absolutely. and see if we can get you under twenty
0: five minutes. My other big news this week is that Mikey went on his first run with me on Saturday evening. And you know how these weekends can be in lockdown can be a little bit stagnant. It was I always think it's best if it's his suggestion. So he suggests it and uh out we go and honestly you know what it's like to run with your kids it's just so joyful right
1: oh absolutely it's great yeah especially when they want to do it you know you the last thing you want to be doing is <laughs> making them come out with you you can kind of start and say will you come on the bike with me um or the scooter or something and but when they decide they want to go for a run and they want you to come with them then yeah it is it's great you know and then you know they're in charge of the pace and apparently, Mikey he, he, he managed it well. It <laughs> no,
0: wasn't. But like, here was the other no thing. No puffing at the end. <laughs> no puffing at the end, right? Well, here's the thing. This is a beautiful thing that I wanted to inform the listeners of. That in Britain there is a initiative that started in schools, I think, by Mo Farah, called the Daily Mile, where every kid runs a mile every day that they go to school. And it sounds so simple. And we probably did it in the 80s in Ireland where a teacher would get bored, make you run a few laps of the pitch to try and burn it off. But the way it's been working in Mikey's school is if you're in year one, you do one lap of the pitch. He's now in year five and I was quizzing him on it, his five laps every single day. And uh, I said, "Like what pace you're running this at?" He said, "Oh, full blaster! <laughs> it's like, no holding back." He says, "Just sprinting it for the five laps." No wonder this little two and a half k I took him on was no no bother to him whatsoever. Uh, yeah, I'm really look forward to making that part of. Those kind of down days, and just keeping keeping the legs moving, and I thoroughly recommend that to listeners. So, I want to ask you one final yeah. Well, the yeah? Um,
1: the, the Daily Mile is it's an absolutely fantastic initiative, and it's um it's been kind of promoted by Ineos. It's the Daily Mile Challenge, and sent out to schools all over Britain, and oh, really? it's actually in a number of schools in Ireland as well. And um, I've attended a couple. I did one in Cove there last year. And it was fantastic to see everybody out in the playground. And we just kept running laps and laps. And people said, have we gone a mile yet? And I said, I don't know. Let me know when you want to stop. (laughs) And it's basically 15 minutes of exercise. And it's it's a bit of a wake up time for kids when they're in school, you know, when they're getting a bit tired and, okay, let's go and do a bit of exercise now and get out and, you know, just kind of re-energize yourself for the second part of the day at school. And, And hopefully, you know, with the whole... COVID restrictions and all you know the different things that are going on that this doesn't get lost now and that you know people don't forget the importance of exercise in in the day for 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 young students in primary school and then also for you know people you know in general that they don't forget how important it is to get out there and exercise and You know, particularly now in the second lockdown, it's a bit harder with the colder weather and the darker evenings, but it's actually quite good fun to run in the dark as well. So it's worth, you know, going out there and doing that and just finding a safe route and, you know, just going out, not no pressure or expectation on yourself to do it, just to go out and get some fresh air and, you know, walk and jog and just get, you know, really good benefit out of it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Tina got me a, a set of lights there that really blew my mind a little bit because I wasn't expecting to r- like running in the dark. And she picked me up this yoke for, I can't remember what it was for, but uh, it lit it lit up the road incredibly in front of me. I have to say, changed the whole experience, as did the little shin sleeves that you recommended last week. You're, you're selling, you're shifting an oh, awful right, amount yeah. of product, Sonia. The uh, shin sleeves, uh, I can thoroughly recommend, guys just uh post run sticking these on uh, just to help the legs afterwards with a bit of compression recovery thoroughly recommend those and i think we even got them from that website that you mentioned last week what was it called com- compresssport.com compress yeah uh,
1: what color did you get
0: oh black is the night that's oh that's was my color I'm so i'm so conservative <laughs> Safe, on the colors
1: black safely black <laughs> yeah. i have some very bright ones i have pink Orange, green, whatever
0: you like. <laughs> I didn't know they even. I didn't even see those. That, that's how tunnel vision I it's am on this bright. on this stuff. So, final couple of shout outs to people that were in touch: uh, Seamus McAteer, John Quinn, Laura McNulty, Mark, Anthony, Stacey, Sharon Goldrick, Neil McLaughlin, Melissa Mannion, Claire Daly, Greg Barry, Michael Kelly, Gillian Ryan, Bernard Slowey. Dermot O'Driscoll, David Kelly, uh, all of these people getting in touch and uh, signing up for our event. November 18th is the reminder. Come on over or just do it. You don't have to be on Strava. Just do the event and get yourself out there and get moving. My final question, though, on the nutrition thing, Sonia, is that a lot of people don't go towards running when it comes to losing weight. Right. So everyone is gaining a little bit in lockdown, yet we started this podcast because we were like, well, this may be the only exercise that's readily available and simple for everybody to gain access to, and anyone can do it, even if they're just walking, doing a little bit of running and returning to walking. I set myself this big goal of 2000 kilometers in a year in the Dublin City Marathon in order to raise money for our chosen charity partner, Jigsaw.ie, and that's in motion. But I don't know why Running doesn't seem to work for a lot of people as uh, get slim, get shed the pounds. A lot of people feel like they eat more when they run. What do you say to that? Well,
1: I think, yeah, that that can be a little bit of a problem people because people think they're running. They need to eat more. But you actually need to. I mean, if you want to, I suppose, lose a little bit of weight without even trying, you just eat the same. So you run more so you're doing you you're burning more energy and you eat the same and you you probably do have to train yourself to you know i suppose not be craving or you know feeling really hungry immediately after you run and and generally you shouldn't once you get up to being able to run at a decent level running is one of those sports where you don't always feel famished when you come in the door it can take a bit of time and a bit like you said before that you might not eat for A few hours after like you do i think you do have to kind of bridge that gap between coming in having your shower you know and then being ready to eat and sit down for a meal and to have a drink of some kind you know i think the the fluids and the hydration is really important and especially in the winter time it can be quite difficult to drink a lot particularly colder drinks so i think that's something that if you have that in your head before you go out and, you know, that's what you're going to drink when you come in. And if you have it in a sports drink bottle or even a big glass, then you're more likely to make sure that you drink, you know, that measured amount of drink. I mean, at least 500 milliliters after your run immediately and not guzzling it straight down. You can drink it in sips because, you know, then you you, you get most benefit from it. And then you kind of get your body ready to have food. But, you know, running is definitely one of the more efficient ones for losing weight, I would think. And, I think when you do lose a little bit of weight or maybe the weight ch- moves around your body it changes the way you carry the weight is a little bit differently so you may not see the pounds or the kilograms disappear on the scales but the way you feel and the way you carry the weight on you will feel differently and you'll then you'll start to feel more efficient when you run as well and you know I, I mean I in a way I I feel I felt a little bit like this myself when I went for a run this morning I felt like the kind of time by myself and you know I was limited in the food I had and then I had to really expend energy to make myself tired like I was speaking to the police in there and I said they're saying how do you manage so I don't know how you can go out there you know and do this every day and they were talking about in general and I said oh well in normal times it's actually quite easy you know in the courtyard it takes a lot of discipline to do it and you know, and that's what it, I mean, it, it's discipline with the running and sticking to a program, and it also becomes discipline with what you eat, and you become a bit more measured and routine in that, and it all falls hand in hand, and it doesn't mean that you have to do this religiously all the time. Like, we can all have days off and weekends off and, you know, go out and have a bit of fun, but I think if throughout the week, you know, you're disciplined with your the diet that you have and the exercise that you do then you're guaranteed to be a healthier weight and you know be able to carry the weight on your body a lot more efficiently and then you'll run better and you know you'll even be more confident when you walk around um and and feel better about yourself and that's one of the thing the really mental positives i think with running is it can make people feel better about themselves because you just get that good feeling after running, and I think when you carry that over into your diet and your lifestyle, it can just make big changes that make you a lot happier and a lot
0: confident in your in you know how how you feel every day. Well, amen to that. I mean, I do I I do feel that the other side of this and the reason why we started all of this uh, back in August was that the mental health side of this that this is a challenging time for all of us maybe not for the people in brisbane sounds like they have the greatest situation <laughs> no, no, ever
1: easy, easy life up here i think in, in yeah
0: bris vegas <laughs> it, it's a it's but, a, hell you know, a hell of a place when,
1: but when you see that when you see that you do kind of see well it's possible that everybody will get back to this eventually you know it may it may take it may take time, um, but you know, life can return to normal and you can see what can happen. And, you know, there was a rugby match on on the weekend. Australia were playing New Zealand in Brisbane. And um, yeah, I don't know how many people was in the stadium, but there was a fair few. It wasn't at full, but it may have been at about 80% capacity. And, you know, when you see things like that, you kind of think, you know, there there is hope out there and we just all have to be a bit patient and try really hard and the harder you try then you know you the sooner you know we can get back
0: to some level of normality
1: and um
0: Yeah, and all back having fun and getting together again. Yeah, and thankfully we'll have Joe and Kamala in charge in America to uh, make that possible Uh, over there. If you're listening in America, uh, congratulations on uh, not making a stupid decision. I mean, in fairness, it is the second time you've told this lad to feck off. Now, hopefully he will. Uh, Marion McKeown will be back later in the week to talk about that as we've agreed an extension to the Irishman in America series, given that that, I mean, this isn't this next three months of trying to get this fella out of that house is going to be the challenge. I laugh because it is so absurd. Thank you again, Sonia, for uh, everything here and congratulations to you on getting out of quarantine in one piece. And we'll be back next week for more Irishman running abroad. Get in touch. podcast at gmail.com is the way to email us or on the Strava group. Strava.com forward slash clubs forward slash Irishmanabroad. And don't forget to sign up to the Irishman running abroad challenge over on idonate.ie. Still only. Simon Egan signed up there we need more of you to sign up plenty of donations rolling in if that's what you want to do that's cool too but until next week Sonia thank you so much and uh, we'll talk to you then take care
1: And you too, and uh, yeah. I hope you have lots of good runs this week, and you'll probably be a bit more rested this week. Not too many late nights like last week when you were living on American hours. I think.
0: Oh my god, that like I think everybody was the same, right? That like even if you weren't staying up like I was, those just the anxiety of not knowing what the hell's going to happen. The valve has been released and yeah, maybe that was why I ran so free on Sunday. I really can't wait to take (laughs) the training up up another level now this week. That's the plan. Let's go up a level and keep uh, taking the steps upwards. Sonia, thanks a lot. We'll talk to you again next week.
1: Okay, talk to you soon. Take care.